Welcome to the ASHP Advantage Podcast, engaging the experts on ASHP Official, featuring conversations with top-level practitioners about the latest issues in pharmacy and healthcare. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, the podcast where we talk with our members about what is currently top of mind for pharmacists, student pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians. My name is Candy Sarunas, and I will be your host today. I'm a steering committee member for the ASHP Formulary Submission Resource Center and professor of clinical pharmacy at the UCSF Medication Outcomes Center. This episode is supported by an educational grant from Merck. This podcast is part of a Formulary Submission Resource Center innovation podcast series where we will be emphasizing best practices in formulary management, unique strategies for biosimilar adoption, integrating biosimilars into your IT systems, biosimilar reimbursement challenges, and keeping patients safe from white bagging. This is for informational purposes and not approved for continuing education credit. Additional information is available at www.formularytoolkit.org. Today, I will be talking with Dr. Joel Hennenfent, Chief Pharmacy Officer and Associate Administrator for Laboratory and Medical Imaging at Truman Medical Centers in Kansas City, Missouri, about keeping patients safe from white bagging. Thank you for listening. Let's get started with today's topic, keeping patients safe from white bagging. For our audience, can you define white bagging? Candy, thanks for talking with me today. I would like to start with talking about what white bagging is, as well as brown bagging and clear bagging, just to make sure the audience knows kind of where we're going and what we're talking about today. So white bagging is when a specialty mail order or any non-hospital pharmacy delivers a patient's prescription directly to the health system for administration. I use the word prescription there because it comes labeled specifically from a pharmacy for that patient. Brown bagging is when a medication is shipped to a patient's home and they bring that in. And then one that you may or may not have heard of is clear bagging. And that's when a hospital-owned pharmacy, retail or specialty pharmacy, sends a medication uh, into the health system. Great. Now, why is white bagging considered to be not safe? There, there are so many reasons, Candy. It's very, very challenging for, for a lot of reasons. So let's just walk through a couple of those. So first that comes to top of mind for me is medication storage conditions. Uh, we all know that those are very important and that if medications aren't stored appropriately, that that can lead to a serious issue. So for example, if a refrigerated item is sent from one of those pharmacies directly to a clinic area via a shipping company, package arrives, and then it's not opened for a few days. And since it doesn't go to the pharmacy, and it may not be a medication that the staff there is familiar with, or they maybe have never seen or administered it, do they have the knowledge to know that they should not administer that medication to the patient? Is there a potential that the patient may receive that medication, even though it was not stored correctly, and may not be effective or as effective as it should be? There are lots and lots of questions like this that we could ask as a pharmacist, it's important to note that, that many of us, many of us probably listening today, have spent the majority of our careers creating a seamless medication process to prevent these exact types of situations. 
And now the, the payers are forcing this unsafe practice on hospitals and clinics. If you take this from another direction, from the regulatory perspective, the Joint Commission medication management standards require that all medications in a health system are under the oversight of pharmacy. Pharmacy may or may not know that this product has been delivered into a clinic or, or other area within the hospital. So again, there are many questions that pharmacists would normally ask. Is this product in date? Has product been stored appropriately? Is the medication in a locked area? And the answers to these questions you may or may not know because you, you don't know what, when or how it's happening. So white bagging also puts your organization at a regulatory compliance risk. There's also uh, the risk around white bagging that could lead clinic teams to be performing sterile compounding in the clinic setting versus a highly regulated, highly compliant uh, compounding in a sterile regulatory compliant pharmacy clean room. So if these meds do show up in the clinic, are some of these potential clinic practitioners trained to compound these products? Often these high-risk products or medications are high-risk products or hazardous products. Are they trained to compound hazardous products? The questions that regulators like to ask, are they competent at compounding these products? Are they wearing the right PPE? Can you prove all of those answers to the questions that I just asked you? Uh, Again, this puts your organization at a regulatory risk. Moving on to kind of a personal, uh, more of a personal challenge is, is, uh, are you as the pharmacist in charge or director willing to bring a product in from a pharmacy that you do not have a relationship and bring it into your clean room to compound? Uh, Are you willing to put your license on the line? Do you know if this product is potentially counterfeit or not, depending on your supply chain understanding of that product? Are you now putting all of the organization's patients at risk having that product in your IV room? Uh, so many questions uh, around that from a, you know, a personal leader perspective or a pharmacist in charge perspective. Kind of touching on, on the next area of this question is, what if an error is made while compounding? So if we make an error in the hospital setting, you know, we have additional product there that we can then compound and make sure that we get the patient the product while they're there. Will the outside pharmacy send you a replacement? Will they send it quickly? Will they uh, cover the cost of that? Or now are you responsible for covering that cost? So there are serious negative impacts to patient care that can occur from this practice as well. Delays in care. Also, there may be a... So one thing that I do know is that I am very confident that I only touched on a few examples of the risks of white bagging and that many more on this call listening probably have their own specific examples that they would, they would be able to share within their own organization. Agree. It sounds like there are a lot of potential risks here. As you mentioned, medication storage conditions, regulatory requirements, uh, compounding and the training required for compounding and preparing these medications, the potential for errors, the supply chain issues, the cost issues that you've brought up are simply just a handful of the possible um, issues that can arise. So thank you for that. Now, for most health systems, the medication process is highly automated these days. How does white bagging impact IT and safety? I think we're fortunate that uh, Carl Gumper did an excellent job in the second podcast of this series, talking about the challenges of integrating biosimilars into your IT system. 
I highly recommend that you listen to his podcast. And many of the the products that we're talking about uh, in white bagging are biosimilars or specialty type medications. And so I would like to highlight just the traditional hospital pharmacy process that has been established. And so we've worked really hard uh, within our organization, and I know many of you listening have as well, to work on processes to receive, distribute, compound, barcode, track, deliver these medications, administer them, utilize IV smart pumps and drug libraries, document administration, and build these medications. All of these systems are put in place to to make the patient as safe as possible when receiving a medication. And they take, now they take with all of these different tools and processes, they take an extensive amount of time to build in, in each of those systems to make sure that we've done it right, as well as extensive testing to make sure that all of that happens correctly and, and that the patient gets what they are supposed to get. So everyone on this call is striving to make a best practice medication process for safety and efficacy perspective. So if I walk you through an example, a medication that needs to be compounded in a clinic to be administered today. So a pharmacy sends that medication in. It's currently not on your formulary and it's from an outside pharmacy. So one huge safety step you've missed is our formulary process. Uh, We've talked about how you critically review your products and uh, present that information to your medical staff. Your medical staff walks through that and approves or denies access to that medication. So now you're sitting in a spot where you have a non-formulary medication that has not been reviewed or approved by your medical staff that the payers are expecting you to administer to your patient. And so as I walked you through the process of what we would do with a traditional medication in the pharmacy setting, does your team have the time to drop everything and go through all of those steps so you can get that patient that med today or tomorrow uh, and make sure everything's tested in there? Often there's not that immediate access to all of the key players that need to build these products in all of those different systems to make sure that it happens. So absolutely not. We, we can't do that. And, and nor should, should we be expected to. To ensure patient safety, we have these extensive programs like the formulary review process and all of these IV smart pump and barcoding tools that we work through all of our processes and to make sure that the medical staff approve what we want our patients to get. So payers should not expect hospitals to potentially put patients at risk with their contracts. Well, thank you for that. Clearly, there are a lot of challenges. Have you had success with minimizing white bagging at Truman Medical Center's University Health? Thank you, Candy. We have successfully navigated white bagging for the past seven years. Preventing white bagging takes a continuous and persistent team effort, and our patients deserve the safety of the hospital medication process. It is an everyday focus for all of our teams as we kind of talk about as we move forward. So occasional, and I mean every quarter or two, a medication is sent to a clinic for a patient. And fortunately, we have worked closely with our clinic leadership and the clinic team on the ground to immediately inform the pharmacy leadership team. And then we work with them to do what's best for the patient and to prevent any future dispensations or prescriptions coming in for that product again in the future. At that point, we have to work with the patient and the patient's insurance company to let them know that our policies don't consider this a safe practice and that we need to be able to provide that from our hospital pharmacy. And so ideally, we would catch these before all of this happens. And so before they are sent to the clinic. So we've worked with educating our clinic staff to obtain prior authorizations. 
And as they do that, there are some specific tips that you need to educate them about because the payers are very tricky. Uh, as a, a clinic staff member calls in with a medication with a J code and is trying to get prior authorization, often they are transferred from the medical benefit to the pharmacy benefit, which means then it comes in as a prescription versus as a medication that's a, uh, dispensed from the hospital pharmacy. And often it happens over and over again. And they have to be very clear, do not transfer me to the pharmacy benefit department. This is a clinic-administered medication, and I have a J-code, and I need to make sure that it's going to get paid. So this education is really key element in preventing the situation of white bagging from the beginning. If the clinic is having difficulty with the payer, then they will engage the pharmacy team, and we will take over and work closely with them help resolve that so that it can be approved through the medical benefit. One thank you, Joel. I think it, you know, it's safe to say that this is a very time-consuming process that requires a lot of coordination and education of the frontline clinic staff. So it clearly represents challenges for any organization, but it sounds like you've worked through some of that coordination very nicely. Now, have you worked with your finance team at your organization to prevent any white bagging? We have been working closely with the finance team contract director for the past seven years. So we have a, a fabulous relationship with her and she knows every time she's negotiating a payer contract and it includes language about medication reimbursement to engage the pharmacy leadership team. And so we share with the payer that white bagging is a safety risk and not allowed by our policy or by our medical staff bylaws. And so then the negotiation process happens with that finance team leader. And so far, we've been successful in working through any potential issues that those contracts have presented. And as recently as in October, we've received a letter and a message from uh, the drug company representative that we would no longer be able to get their products and administer them to patients for this pay plan that they all have to be sent from a contract pharmacy and there were around 20 medications, and they listed the medications in which pharmacies would deliver them in, and many of which I had not heard of before. And so we were fortunate that we were able to engage our finance director to not allow this unsafe practice at our organization. Uh, as we worked through that, uh, she negotiated that, and we had an exemption to their, their process. I, I also learned that, and guessing that many of you on this podcast may not have known that that happened and now may be having medications white-bagged in from this particular payer because uh, you may or may not have had that relationship with the finance team. And so I know locally here, a colleague of mine asked about, you know, hey, you know, they forced us to do this. I'm like, oh, no, we negotiated that out of the contract. And it wasn't something that they had had had, had those relationships built for. And so I think that's definitely some uh, direction that they will be moving towards here in the near future. Wow. Well, listening to all these challenges that you've identified, it sounds like communication, coordination, and collaboration seem to be key elements to managing safe medication use as it relates to white bagging. Do you have any final tips or even best practices to share with uh, our audience? Candy, I really like how you stated that. I think I'm going to borrow that in the future. So some of those best practices. So I would recommend today, start building a relationship with your clinic leaders with the goal to share the safety risks of white bagging. And anytime something like that comes up to engage the pharmacy leadership team, if you go down this path, you have to clear your day 
when they have an issue and make sure that you resolve their problem immediately. So you really have to prioritize it because if you prioritize it, then they'll keep bringing them to you. If you don't and it delays patient care, they're going to, to move on to make sure that the patient gets what they need. So with that, I think it's also critically important that you educate them on the difference of the medical benefit and the pharmacy benefit and how the payers shift them around and always try to push you to the pharmacy benefit. Another area that today you could start is building a relationship with your finance team member that is responsible for payer contracting. So this relationship is really important. And being involved in that relationship with the pharmacy leadership team is mutually beneficial for the finance team and for the pharmacy leadership team in keeping patients safe and preventing financial impact of, you know, compounding that extra compound if you, if you make an error compounding it where you may lose that money. And so you, you said it well, Candy, the key is building relationships with the right people and educating their teams about the problem, how to engage your team to assist them in providing the care that the patients really truly deserve. All of this requires an educated and coordinated pharmacy team effort. And we're fortunate at Truman Medical Center's University Health that we've been successful at uh, coordinating, preventing white bagging from harming any of our patients. Thank you for that. The takeaways that I heard very loud and clear from your best practices include building a strong relationship with your finance team, and then, of course, always messaging the safety risks that we white bagging can pose to an organization. I think that messaging needs to increase significantly. And certainly, we should always be building relationships with the right people. I want to thank Dr. Joel Hennefet for joining me today to discuss keeping patients safe from white bagging. Thank you for tuning in for this session of Pharmacy Hot Topics. Don't forget to check out the website, www.formularytoolkit.org for our webinar and our podcasts on best practices in formulary management, unique strategies for biosimilar adoption, integrating biosimilars into your IT systems, biosimilar reimbursement challenges, and keeping patients safe from white bagging. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and be sure to subscribe to ASHP podcasts through your favorite podcast provider. Thanks for joining us for the ASHP Advantage podcast, engaging the experts. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time for more expert perspectives on ASHP Official.